Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I'm your host, Bill, and this episode is a first. This is our first Easter episode. This actually might also be our only Easter episode. Because today, the episode that I will be talking about is Fantastic Easter Special. Now, at the end of the last episode, I talked about how South Park has a pretty good track record on holiday-themed episodes. As you guys know, I am a huge fan of Halloween of, of their Halloween episodes. Huge fan of their Halloween episodes. They have very good Christmas episodes, too. Every once in a while, they'll throw in another holiday, like Valentine's Day, 4th of July, you know, Thanksgiving a few times here and there. But they've never really done an Easter episode until this particular episode. So... How does the Easter episode of South Park hold up? Well, let's not keep you waiting anymore. Let's dive into this week's episode, Fantastic Easter Special. The episode was written and directed by Trey Parker and originally aired on April 4th, 2007. So this is a few days before Easter. The episode begins at the Marsh House as they are dying Easter eggs. That's a, you know, Easter tradition. I think anyone who's ever celebrated Easter has died a few dozen eggs in their life. I know I have. So while they're doing this, Stan asks, why do we dye the Easter eggs? And Randy is like, well, it's to... Make sure that the Easter Bunny hides the eggs. And Stan starts asking questions because he doesn't really understand what the Easter Bunny coloring eggs have anything to do with Jesus dying on the cross and then resurrecting three days later. So Stan gets upset about it and leaves. And Sharon, with her only line of the episode, is like, huh, well, he is getting a little older. Maybe he's starting to realize that the Easter Bunny isn't real. To which Randy just looks at her and is like, I don't even know you. So, we go to the mall where Cartman is on the lap of the Easter Bunny. And this is the only scene that Cartman is in the entire episode. Not complaining, just pointing it out. Tells the Easter Bunny what he wants and that if the Easter Bunny doesn't bring it to him, he's gonna effing kill him. A little psychotic there. Stan comes up to the Easter Bunny and he's like, what's, what, what's the deal with dying eggs, coloring eggs? What does it have to do with Easter? What does it have to do with Jesus coming back to life? And, um... You know, he, uh, this particular Easter rabbit, Easter bunny, is very confused and decides to take a break. Well, he 
does take a break, but he goes to a payphone. Yeah, remember payphones? That was a thing. Anyway, he calls somebody and he's like, yeah, we got somebody onto us. We got to take care of the situation. So, Stan is walking home from the mall and there's an Easter bunny sitting on the bench reading a newspaper. There's a couple of Easter bunnies standing behind a car. There's a few more Easter bunnies roaming the neighborhood and Stan starts getting chased by six Easter bunnies. And Stan makes it to the house and he tries to get his he tries to get Randy to help him. And Randy's like, "I'm in the bathroom." And Stan just keeps knocking on it, wanting help. And finally we see that Randy has on bunny ears and a bunny nose with teeth. So, they find out that the kid that they're chasing is Randy's son. And now, Randy has a talk with Stan. And tells Stan that he is a part of a very special society. A very special one. Called... The hair club for men. And Stan just has this look of like, are you kidding me? So basically, Randy, without giving too much away, says that the hair club for men is a group that helps protect the secret of Easter. And they do it every year. And Stan is going to be initiated into the club and his grandpa's there oh look at billy i always knew he'd join the club hello there billy so they all gather and they start the ceremony where one easter bunny colors an egg purple and then another easter bunny colors his egg yellow and then the head of the chapter of the hair club for men brings a rabbit in named Snowball. And he asks Stan if he is ready to learn the secret of the hair or of Easter. To which Stan is like, I'm I'm ready. I wanna know. So they get into the story when all of a sudden a group of ninjas break through the window. No, you're not hearing this wrong. A group of ninjas break through a window. And we have this fight between Easter bunnies and ninjas. Yeah, I never thought I'd be saying those words. So, it is a fight. And the ninjas are basically trying to get this bunny. And Bill Donahue from the Catholic League is there to make sure that he gets the bunny. Well... Randy has the bunny and then a ninja shoots a bow and arrow and gets him right through his leg and he gives it to Stan and just as the ninja is about to grab Stan Randy pulls the ninja down and basically saves Stan and the bunny and so Stan gets free so Bill Donahue whose name has been mentioned before in a in one of the more recent episodes i'll talk about him in a minute 
is looking for the person with the bunny. And he is determined to get this Easter bunny. To get Snowball no matter what. So Bill Donahue, like I said, he's been mentioned before in a previous South Park episode. Well, who is Bill Donahue, you're wondering? Well, let's talk about him. Bill Donahue was, or is, the president of the Catholic League in the United States and has been president since 1993. Donahue campaigns against what he perceives as the discrimination and defamation of Catholics and Catholicism. In doing so, he has targeted a diverse array of organizations and individuals in entertainment, politics, and the arts. His work has produced divergent assessments. Legatus Magazine, the monthly publication of an organization for Catholic business executives, wrote, At 66 years old, Bill Donahue might just be the hardest working man in the Catholic Church, with the exception of Pope Francis, of course. Not only has the New York City native been at the helm of the Catholic League for a full 20 years, but he is busy writing a new book, while regularly writing to the de- writing to the defense of Catholics across the country beset by a hostile culture and media. A journalist once characterized the public perception of him as Donahue serves as Santa to his membership of 350,000 and Scrooge to those who run afoul of him. That's a pretty good That's a pretty good quote there. In 2000, an editorial in America, a Jesuit magazine, noted Donahue's bipartisanship and willingness to break ranks with Republicans who aligned with him on most issues. Once he was cheered by Catholic neoconservatives for attacking the media, the entertainment industry, and pro-choice groups. Now he was excommunicated as a loose cannon because he was shooting at their allies. Mr. Donahue's refusal to be controlled by either party is one of his most attractive qualities. What is Bill Donahue's thoughts on marriage? Well, Donahue believes marriage is not about love or making people happy, but that the whole purpose of marriage is to have a family. Bill Donahue is divorced. Yep, he is divorced. And now to a very fun topic, the war on Christmas, which somebody on Facebook, uh, mentioned a little while ago there really was no war on christmas this year i guess that's what the pandemic will do donahue has regularly regularly campaigned against the secular secularization of christmas which he describes as the diluting and dumbing down of the culture and religious significance of christmas an associated press story once explained as it is for millions of people christmas is bill donahue's busy season while others spend time wrapping and shopping Donahue stays busy sniping. He described the challenge. It's political correctness run amok. Every day I'm putting out a statement about the latest absurdity. This time of year, you can just bank on it. In December 2005, he criticized Christmas cards sent by then-President George W. Bush for using the term holiday season and not mentioning Christmas. He said, This clearly demonstrates that the Bush administration has suffered a loss of will and that they have catapulted to the worst elements in our culture. In in 2010, after an atheist's organization used a billboard at the entrance to the Lincoln Tunnel to display the message, you know it's a myth, 
across the scene of the Magi traveling to the manger at Bethlehem, the Catholic League responded with a billboard of its own. Donahue said, We can't enjoy the Christmas season without someone trying to dumb it down or neuter it, and added, Talk about a myth. They believe in nothing. They stand for nothing. They think we came from nothing. They're the ones who really are living in some other hollow world. In 2013, he announced plans for a billboard reading, Send Modern Day Scrooges a Message. Celebrate the Prince of Peace. As a tongue-in-cheek statement against political correctness, he proposed a list of office party rules to ignore that included eliminating dress rules so women could display cleavage and scheduling the fair of a, for a Friday to encourage alcohol consumption. It concluded, We happen to be Irish Catholics, a lot of us here, we're going to play to the stereotype. Alright, well, he is uh, quite an interesting man. Uh, but we'll get more into Bill Donahue a little later on. So back to the episode. Stan goes to Kyle's house, and Kyle is finger-painting for Passover. And Kyle, or Stan explains that he needs to hide this bunny, and if Kyle knows any relationship between bunnies and eggs to Easter, and Kyle's response is, I'm Jewish. I have no idea. So then they go to this professor's house, Professor Teabag, and he knows the secret to the hair club for men. And this episode, I, I was going to save it for a little later, but I guess I could talk about it now. This is a parody of the Da Vinci Code. Uh, the Da Vinci Code was a very popular book at the turn of the 21st century and ended up being made into a motion picture. And I believe they did the entire trilogy of uh, all three of them. Of course, the movie starred Tom Hanks, because, you know, Tom Hanks could play just about anything. Uh, the movie came out in 2006, had a $125 million budget, and made $760 million at the box office. Yeah, I think they did a pretty good job there. Um, it didn't win any awards, but it sure was nominated for a bunch of them. Surprisingly, none of them was an Academy Award. They were not nominated. They would go on to make two more sequels, Angels and Demons, uh, which came out in 2009, and Inferno, which came out in 2016. So, back to Professor Teabag. He shows a picture of The Last Supper, which is painted by Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo da Vinci was, in fact, a member of the Hair Club for Men. And in the painting, he could not paint St. Peter the way it was meant to be. So, Professor Tebe goes, Look closer. Look closelier. Look closelier. St. Peter, the first pope of the Christians, is actually a rabbit. And because they couldn't paint St. Peter as a rabbit, they had to paint him as a person. 
So, that's why the hat that the Pope wears doesn't really make much sense. So really, in hindsight, a rabbit should be Pope, because a rabbit brings peace. Man just brings chaos. While this is going on, four more ninjas come in, and they stab the butler to death first, and then they find Professor Teabag and the boys. The boys manage to get out, while Professor Teabag grabs Marshmallow Peeps, puts it in the microwave for 15 seconds, and then one of the ninjas just yells out, Peeps! And the house explodes with Peeps. Now, I'm going to be honest. I have tried Marshmallow Peeps. Not a big fan of them. But I know there are fans of Marshmallow Peeps. My dad is a fan of Marshmallow Peeps. Um, so let's talk about Peeps. Uh, they are marshmallows sold mainly here in North America in the United States and Canada and are shaped into chicks, bunnies, and other animals. While they are used in other holidays such as Halloween, Christmas, and Valentine's Day, their biggest sales of the year usually come at Easter time. Peeps are produced by Just Born, a candy manufacturer found in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I happen to know that town. It was founded by Russian immigrant Sam Bourne. In 1953, Just Born was acquired or acquired the Rada Candy Company and its marshmallow chick line and replaced the painstaking process of hand foaming the chicks with mass production. When founder Sam Bourne would display a sign for his freshly made candy, he would title it Just Born playing off of his last name and the fact that he made his candy fresh daily. According to Mary Bellis, the newly purchased company, Just Born, was soon the largest marshmallow candy manufacturer in the world. New shapes other than the chicks were produced, following a theme according to the season starting in the 1960s. Twenty years later, the Marshmallow Peeps Bunny was released as a popular year-round shape of the candy. The yellow chicks were the original form of the candy, hence their name, but then the company introduced other colors and, eventually, the myriad shapes in which they are now produced. Peeps were manufactured in different colors, such as lavender starting in 1995 and blue, allegedly, in 1998. Prior to that, they were only being produced in the traditional colors, yellow, pink, and white. New flavors such as vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate were introduced between the years of 1999 and 2002. So, peeps are a very popular thing. They have just been, as long as I can remember, they've been around for a very, very long time. Like I said, I've tasted peeps. I'm not that big of a fan, so... I'm not going to really bash them, but, you know, I'm just not a big fan of them. If you want to go to their website, MarshmallowPeeps.com is the name of the website. So, after the house explodes with Peeps, Stan has no idea what to do. So he asks Kyle to hold the bunny, and he says a prayer to Jesus. He says, Jesus... I know we haven't talked in a while. We've killed you in many different ways. 
but if you could help us, please do. All right, so now we go to the Vatican, and they are about to have the Holy Saturday Mass. And all the members of the Hair Club for Men are there to... They're, they're, they're basically captured. And Pope Francis... Or not Pope Francis, Pope Benedict is like... I don't think this is a good idea. I This is not the very Christian. And Bill Donahue is like, we gotta do it. We just gotta do it. They can't ruin Easter. So, eventually, you know, it gets to the point where St or Kyle and uh, Stan do make it with the bunny. And they're like, let him go. And Bill Donahue's like, Give me the rabbit, and then I'll then I'll let him go. And Randy's like, "Don't do it! I would gladly die for him. I would die for the rabbit." And Stan is like, "All right, here you can have the rabbit." And Randy is set free. And Randy's like, "Why'd you do that? Why would you do that? I didn't think you would do it." <coughs> and Stan or Randy's like, "Well, I mean." I would gladly have died for him. And now we get this moment where Bill Donahue's like, um, you know, now we get it. Now we've got the rabbit. Let's kill him. And Pope Benedict is, you know, like, oh, I don't think this is a good idea. And, you know, Pope, or not Pope, but Bill Donahue's like, you know that promise I made? I made it on a cross. A double cross. Uh, so then Pope Bill is like, or not Pope Bill. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Bill Donahue's like, I'm doing this for Jesus. This is what he would have wanted. And Jesus is like, who are you to speak for me? And then it happens. For the first time in almost four and a half seasons. Jesus has come back to which one of the um, priests is like we thought you had died in Iraq and Jesus reminds him yes but I have the ability to resurrect so now Bill Donahue's very upset and he's like alright that's it we're going to kill the rabbits and then we're going to kill the Jews and then Pope Benedict is like again eh, I don't think this is such a good idea and Bill is just upset to the point where he takes over and he proclaims himself as the new Pope. Pope Bill. Hmm. Might, might have a good name to it. Good sound to it. Pope Bill. Okay, I, I'm not going to get myself too carried away on that. So, now Pope Bill... <laughs> sorry, I just had to say that. He is going to put every member of the Hair Club for Men in this big pot, and they're going to have rabbit stew. Meanwhile, you have on one side Pope Benedict, who is in a cage, and you have Kyle, and you have Jesus in another cage. Jesus has this little knife, and he's trying to get out of the cage, but he can't do it. And he explains to Kyle that when I'm immortal, I don't have the special powers. So Kyle then suggests, 
well, why don't you kill yourself to get out? And Jesus is like, no, suicide is a sin. And then he gets this idea. How about you do it, Kyle? And Kyle's like, oh, no. No, 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 no. Oh, no, I am not going to do it. And Jesus is like, you have to do it. It's the only way. And he's like, you got to do it through the neck. And then Kyle, before he does it, is like, Jesus, Eric Cartman can never know about this. To which you know, he promises. And So now we're back out with Pope Bill. He's about to put Snowball in the pot when Jesus makes it out. And he has this like ninja cross star kind of thing. And he throws it at Pope Bill, goes through Pope Bill, and Pope Bill is now dead. And Jesus then says that Snowball is the Pope. And then we get the song, Hippitus Hoppitus Deo, Hippity Hoppitus Deo. And there's Pope Snowball just sitting in the chair. And a couple of the priests asks what, you know, what should we tell the world? And Snowball just doesn't say anything. And he's like, oh, yes. Quietness is the peace. And Stan is, or Randy is very happy of Stan, who is now wearing bunny ears and bunny nose. And Stan's like, all right, I think I learned my lesson today. Don't ask questions. Just shut up and die the eggs. And Randy's like, you got it. And that is the end of a fantastic Easter special. Uh, there are no notes about you know where the idea of the episode came from, so I unfortunately cannot do that. I'm actually kind of disappointed in the South Park website that they haven't done it past season 10. Uh, before I get into that, I do want to talk about real quick Pope Benedict XVI, who uh, was featured in this episode. Um... He began, his reign began as Pope on April the 19th, 2005, after being, after Pope John Paul II had been the Pope for so long. I think he was Pope for like 20 plus years. And was Pope for close to eight years when he stepped down on February 28th, 2013, and is successor is Pope Francis. So there has been a a nice length of time with Pope Benedict as the Pope. He didn't last as long as Pope John Paul. Uh, Pope John Paul II, for those curious, was Pope from October 16, 1978 to April the 2nd, 2005, which was the day that he died. So he was Pope for almost 27 years a very very long time so uh pope benedict the 16th for those that are just curious became the longest lived pope on september 4th 2020 at 93 years four months and 16 days surpassing leo the 13th who died 
in 1903. So, Congratulations to Pope Benedict XVI. You are the longest-lived Pope. And uh, I think the award that we'll give him is uh, a, a little button saying congratulations. Okay. Uh, my thoughts on the episode. This is a good episode. I enjoy it. Um, it, it, it felt kind of weird they do an Easter episode, but it's not terrible. I guess because they don't show too many Easter specials like they did when I was a kid. Because it was always uh, the Easter Beagle, Charlie Brown. Uh, the Easter Bunny is coming to town. The first Easter Rabbit. Um, among some that I could think off the top of my head. It's actually kind of nice to have an Easter-themed episode, actually. Um, and you know what? It's a good simple plot it's just an easy plot to follow it's not difficult it's fun it's not insulting it is just fun to follow from beginning to end so with that i'm gonna i think i'm gonna give this a a, a strong eight for this episode a very strong eight it could be a nine but i'm just not in the position to push it to a 9. So I'm going to say a very strong 8. Alright, uh, we're going to get into production notes real quick and then receptions. In the commentary on this DVD, uh, Trey and Matt called this their Da Vinci Code episode, emphasizing the conspiracy and searching for clues in the eggs. Bill Donahue had been quoted by several news outlets during coverage of previous episodes Bloody Mary and Trapped in the Closet, but Bill Donahue is not the Emperor of Catholics, in quotes. Jesus then kills Donahue by throwing a glaive, which is a five-bladed sword in the shape of a star, similar to the one featured in the movie Cruel, K-R-U-L-L. IGN gave this episode a 10 out of 10, signing it a masterpiece and controlled comic chaos that only South Park seems able to manage on such a consistent basis. In 2009, Time Magazine listed the episode as number 10 on their list of the top 10 Jesus films, praising the conspiracy story and its resemblance to the Da Vinci Code and the lyrics of Peter Conantale in Latin. Oh, I kind of missed that. Eric Hinton of Pop Matters praised the episode, saying, They do like killing Jesus, but it's in the service of a profound message of religious tolerance and even-handed treatment. Well, what did Bill Donahue think of this episode? Well, he... The real Donahue has a still of himself wearing the papal mitra from this episode displayed in his office. He sums up the plot as, in the episode... They have me overthrow the Pope, because the Pope is a wimp, and then I take over the church and give it some guts. But in the end, Jesus kills me. Hmm, apparently Bill Donahue has a sense of humor. Who knew? Alright, let's get to IMDB and see what they thought of this episode. Over 2,100 members of IMDB have voted on this episode, and the average rating is an 8.2 out of 10. 534 people gave it a 10, 451 people gave it a 9, 
583 people gave it an 8. That's going to be the vote that I give it this week. 43 people gave it a 1. Now, in an unusual twist here, both males and females' average rating is an 8.2. How shocking is that? With males, uh, their top age demographic is 18 to 29. They had an 8.3 average. Females, also 8.3, but in your 45 and over department. All right. So now that we've gone through that, let's get to reviews. And there were only four reviews for this, which is kind of surprising. I thought there would be a little bit more. So we're going to go with the, uh, well, with the post that popped up the night of the episode. And that is from King M. Freak, who wrote, Wow, all I could say is South Park has amazed me this season. There's only been one week episode so far, and the other four have been pretty good to really great. This week added another strong entry to the Season 11 repertoire, Fantastic Easter Special. Suffice to say, South Park has run this long and never done an Easter Special. They send up the Da Vinci Code as Stan learns his father is part of a secret organization that protects the real story behind Easter. When Bill Donahue messes things up, it's up to Stan to discover the secret and rescue the bunny Snowball. The last third of the episode is by far the best part of the whole episode. Trapped in a cage together, Jesus, who hasn't made an appearance since the end of Season 6, and Kyle are trying to get free to prevent disaster. When that proves futile, Jesus decides to have Kyle kill him so he can resurrect where the problem is. This is probably the biggest laugh of the season, as Kyle makes Jesus promise not tell Cartman. And then Jesus dies in the most hilarious fashion. Yeah, hemorrhaging, you know, from your neck and blood, you know, you know. The rest of the episode only directly copies one scene from the Da Vinci Code when it makes a random stop at some British scholar guy's house. We never learn how his name was acquired by Stan and Kyle. He explains how St. Peter was really a rabbit and how the Catholic Church denies this constantly. So far this season, South Park has offended by using the N-word 42 times, annoyed gays with its Cartman Sucks episode, and really riled the British with Queen Elizabeth II's suicide at the end of the snook. Now the Catholic Church has been hit again, and they probably won't let Parker and Stone off easy. Remember the Bloody Mary episode? One thing I admire about South Park is it continues to make headlines with its various episodes, from the Jesse Jackson episode to the Queen Elizabeth episode. Catholics shouldn't really be offended, since this is a send-up of a book that initially offended the Catholics. The only bad Catholics in the episode are Donahue and his team of ninjas. Aren't ninjas Catholic? Hmm. Episode 6 and 7 is where the season usually starts to lose its steam. By this time, Parker and Stone have been working full throttle on each episode, procrastinating as long as they dare. I appreciate their ability to throw together a good episode, but sometimes I feel the final episodes would be better if the team hadn't run out of steam on the last episode. Our last season half finales were Stanley's Cup, which he said is mediocre, Tsist, okay, but not a good finisher, Bloody Mary, only remembered because of the controversy, and Erection Day, worst of the above mentioned. 
Woodland Critter Christmas and Goobacks were two great season half finishers for the eighth year. Hopefully Parker and Stone have saved up some really good stuff for us. We can only hope. Alright, uh, next review is from a metaphysical shark. A metaphysical shark who wrote, Utterly superb! That's all I have to say about this episode. After a funny in spots but overall disappointing episode, The Snook, South Park is back and firing on all cylinders with an Easter special that lampoons everything Easter and the Da Vinci Code. A, a bit late for that. The best part of this, however, is clearly that they finally brought Jesus back. Jesus was one of my favorite minor characters on South Park for the first few seasons. Almost every scene he was in was hilarious, and I couldn't be happier that they finally brought him back. And that's not even the best part yet. Bill Donahue kills the Pope, okay, well he actually doesn't, puts Jesus in jail and names himself Pope while he prepares a rabbit stew, which is actually made of humans and is about to kill the holy rabbit, Snowball, which was actually the descendant of St. Peter, the original Pope, who was actually a rabbit, when Jesus intervenes and kills him in a style reminiscent of any Rodriguez or Tarantino flick, and I'm sure the upcoming Grindhouse. I wouldn't be surprised if I looked back at this as one of my favorite episodes. Oh, and the Jews killed Jesus. Again. I jest, I jest. Alright, uh, interesting review. Alright, now we're going to go to uh, Rain Dog Jr. Who wrote, Easter in South Park. Time to color eggs. The Easter Bunny will hide them. Is all very strange. And Stan has a question. What is the connection between Jesus and rabbits and colored eggs? Is really fantastic since Stan is just like, well, somewhere between Jesus dying on the cross and a giant bunny hiding eggs, there seems to be a gap of information. But young Stan asked too many. There is a secret. Here is the Da Vinci Code show, but certainly is more than just that. It is hilarious from start to finish with many stuff that I simply loved. Carmen actually only appears in one little scene, but is hilarious. Is like, poor effing guy. First, he has to dress as a rabbit to deal with kids such as Cartman. You are a rabbit. I am a human. So if you don't bring me what I want for Easter, I can effing kill you. Bye, Easter Bunny. And later with kids such as Stan, who is just asking questions, but, and certainly this rabbit is more concerned because of Stan, this rabbit was a member of the hair club for men. And simply, you need to be a member of that club to know the secret of Easter. Actually, the Marshes has been members of that club for generations. For Randy, it's time to take Stan to the club. A little cute bunny named Snowball is the object of ven veneration. Ninjas fighting against Easter bunnies is fantastic stuff. Certainly, at one point, we finally know the secret. St. Peter was not a man at all. He was actually a rabbit. I loved that scene in which we see why the Pope's crown doesn't make any sense. Certainly was designed for a rabbit. So basically, the hair club for men has been decorating eggs to keep the secret alive, but now they are in the Vatican. After all, Snowball is actually a descendant of St. Peter, so the heir of the Pope's throne. The stuff with Benedictus and Bill Donahue is simply brilliant, and when finally Jesus appears is even more brilliant. 
Jesus was killed in Iraq, so here is finally back, and he is great. He confirms that St. Peter was a rabbit, and that a rabbit should be Pope. Benedictus is certainly a proof of why he has been doing whatever Bill Donahue wanted during the entire show. So, for Bill Donahue, here is like, Well, Jesus is going against the church. Kill him! And still Benedictus is like, I'm pretty sure that killing Jesus is not very Christian. It's just hilarious. And yet, at one point, Bill Donahue is the new Pope. And Jesus is locked up with another Jew. After comes more memorable stuff, that moment in which Jesus says to Kyle that he must kill him so that he can resurrect outside the bars is memorable. So far, after watching six episodes more of season 11, the first four and the very last two, is the moment of season 11. Oh, and if you didn't know, well, Kyle's a Jew. Well, this is a must-see episode, so far my favorite, of season 11, Pope Snowball. And our final review is from Gangsta Hippie, who wrote, This episode marks the first and only Easter episode of South Park. It is also a funny spoof of the book and movie The Da Vinci Code. The plot involves Stan wondering why we paint Easter eggs. He then stumbles upon a secret organization called the Hair Club for Men. They are men dressed as Easter bunnies who keep the secret of Easter alive. However, they get captured by the Vatican and leave Stan with the Easter bunny they all worship. With the help of Kyle, he visits a professor who tells them the secret. They then go and bust out the other members. This episode is fairly interesting and has funny moments. It's a very good episode. Well, I will say this. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think we'll ever have to worry about another Easter special where uh, we get Bill Donahue on. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for uh, this week's episode or for this episode, I should say. Uh, if you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, it is at SharksPond97. And join our Facebook group. It is Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. You can join other fans where you can discuss other previous South Park episodes and current South Park episodes. Next time around, we're going to be spoofing another movie. It is 300 that will be spoofed as the episode next time around is D-Yikes. That is on Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Bill. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'll talk to you all next time.